Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. I got to tell you, we got to figure out a way to become a traveling member with the Arkansas basketball program. <laughs> yeah. It uh, looks like there is to be an anticipated trip uh, in August, the 6th through the 16th. They will, I mean, the basketball team will be in Spain and Italy. And is it this the fall that Arkansas basketball will also return to the Maui Classic? I believe so. It's a good year to be a Razorback. I mean, like, it wouldn't surprise me if that was a big selling point <laughs> for the recruits and one reason they were able to get so many high-profile guys. Oh, by the way, we're going to Maui, we're going to Italy, we're going to Spain. You know, so uh, I, I can't remember how often it is they get to take that Europe trip, but it's every – what is it, like every three years or something like that? Rick, you might know better than me, but um, yeah. it's been a while since they've taken a trip like that for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. I think it's actually COVID four years. Also. Every, four, every years. four years, yeah. Yeah, okay, so uh, I, I think, guess COVID I wouldn't think, have interrupted it. So. I think instead of Curtis, you need to be sending – I would offer Rick and I, but I'll just I'll go ahead <laughs> and sacrifice and just do it by myself. But I think you should send on behalf of Hog Sports – you should be sending yours truly to cover both the trip in August uh, to Spain and Italy and then mm. the same thing for the Maui Classic. I'm volunteering. I, I know Rick has got a very busy <laughs> schedule. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that sounds really fair. Curtis grinds it out, does all the hard work, labor, and you get to go take the trip. That sounds. Well, I'm, not, I'm <laughs> grinding. I'm, I'm working hard. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Jeez, you know, I, I, I grind just like Curtis does. Oh, well, okay. okay. <laughs> I can tell that uh, the president, CEO, uh, all the above, editor of hogsports.com doesn't like my idea very much. So, um, okay, somebody has to sacrifice. Uh, by the way, it's now 10 nothing. 10 nothing. Don't they have a, a run, run rule? rule? Seven, seven there, I was going to ask you, is yeah. there a run rule? I think so. That would help. Ten nothing, Texas A&M. I mean, this is where you bring in Molina or Albert Pujols, if you're <laughs> Florida, put him on the mound and uh, not burn up any more pitching than you have to because it looks like batting practice. And what's sad is Florida still only has, quote, one hit one hit as they're now into the top half of the seventh inning so uh, they're not helping their cause very much you know this would have been the um, crazy time Trey speaking of sending correspondence but gosh we've got David and Roger down there and they have watched the grand total the the grand total of one game so far mm-hmm. and They've got a show they got to do in the morning, and I'm guessing they can't do the show from the Met 
there at Hoover. So they'll have to do it wherever they've been doing the, the show from the last day or so. And if they want to go to the ball game, they're going to have to break down, dash to the Hoover or dash to the Met in order to watch if it stays on time, that is. 9.30 in the morning is when Arkansas is scheduled to play next. And right now, I think it's safe to say Arkansas will be playing the Florida Gators unless there's some kind of miracle that's uh, going to occur. It's been crazy. The weather has been absolutely crazy. And uh, gosh, Rick, we're less than now, what, 45 minutes away from the first pitch with um, Arkansas and Texas. Arkansas, Texas. That's right. That's on uh, ESPN2, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Well, in fact, I guess the run rule is in effect because. Yep, it's over. That's right. Hey, that helps a lot because uh, you want to get all three games in. So this is a good deal. Well, it looks like that's what's going to happen. I asked this earlier, Trey. Uh, It seems like there is a vacuum. Uh, a dead spot going on in basketball. Uh, I know Rick has asked you a couple of times, well, Trey, any kind of news today in football? Is that the same thing concerning uh, football? I feel like we're in a, another one of those vacuums, those dead spots. Well, hey, in football, they announced the kickoff times for the first yeah. three oh, games. Oh, yeah, that's yes. Right. First three games. First that's, three that's games. That's certainly notable, yeah. Um, would you 2.30 like to do that in September slowly? Is, uh, <laughs> could be kind of brutal <laughs> if it's not overcast or something, but uh, that's still a pretty good time, I guess, for, for TV and getting some time to tailgate and all that kind of stuff for the Cincinnati game. 2.30. 2.30. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. ESPN. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then the 11 o'clock the next week, gosh. Yeah, 11 o'clock for South Carolina. I think that's a pretty loaded slate of games uh that weekend probably why it got the 11 o'clock but uh it's espn isn't it uh it is sec network oh yeah it is no it is espn that's right okay i mean it's still and that's notable in terms of exposure you get to be on espn i mean not that sec network's bad but you know espn's the um you know the flagship so um you know that's that's notable and then the third game Missouri State, that will be 6 p.m., ESPN Plus, SEC Plus. Yeah, I, I still got to imagine there's going to be some intrigue for that one just because Bobby Petrino's coming to town. It's a 6 o'clock game, so that's good. So uh, maybe you'll have a decent crowd there, you know, especially if you win those first two games, then I, I would expect to have a pretty good turnout. Uh, I think the. So they opened against Rice last year. Now, Rice is obviously Division One, so it's a little bit different. But, um, you know, still in the minds of most Arkansas fans, it's a you know non-conference game you should win easily. Uh, I still think that should – I think that brought out 64,000. So maybe they'll get a decent crowd for that one since it's a night game and Bobby Petrino's coming back into town. If they win those first two, I think, then, you know, you should generate a pretty good bit of excitement. On ESPN, they do the college football updated SP plus preseason projections for 2022. And 
you just you would have to read the article in order to understand what they mean by SP because there is a formula that they use. As an example, returning production, that's pretty simple. Recent recruiting, recent history, so forth and so on. Um, very kind, once again, as you would expect, to the SEC in regards to number one is, surprise, surprise, actually number two is Alabama. Uh, number one is Ohio State, surprise, surprise. Number three is Georgia, eight, Texas A&M, nine, Tennessee, 11, Cincinnati. Now, Trey, I, everything that I'm reading, understanding, and by the way, Arkansas checks in at number 26. BYU checks in at 25. I don't get how Arkansas has the 13th hardest schedule in the country when you start looking at this S&P, which mm -hmm. is supposed to be, again, a compilation of all this returning production, recent recruiting, recent history, so forth and so on. But my understanding was Cincinnati, was, I mean, was, yeah, I mean, they made the final four this year. They were expected to, you know, have a drop-off. But if you go by this, number 11, that doesn't sound like much of a drop-off to me. No, I mean, well, Cincinnati's been a good program since um, since Kelly was there. I mean, they, they've been winning pretty much every single year, so... I would expect them to field another really good team, even though they lost nine players to the draft, including their quarterback. Got a lot to to reload on. But, um, hey, that, stuff like that just provides more intrigue for that opener. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't disagree. Plus, I mean, the schedule they play is, I mean, if they were in the SEC, it would be a, a lot different story about their, their program success. But um, have you guys seen the uh, – the ESPN FPI, the football power index, the projection no. or the early football power index for next year. No. So they have Arkansas picked to finish seventh in the division. Seventh in the division? Last wow. place. Wow. I don't know if somebody forgot to carry a one or what <laughs> is going on with that formula, but it has been a disaster since last year. I think last year – like Auburn and Texas finish ranked in that with their formula, so might be something somebody needs to consider reworking because that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And Auburn is like way up there again. I don't get it. Okay, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I don't get it. Uh, Mississippi State 15, Ole Miss 17, Kentucky 20, Auburn 22, Florida 23. LSU 36, South Carolina 46, and I won't worry about the rest of them. Missouri. 56. Well, according to that, that that's what as Arkansas sixth, LSU last. Yeah. In the West. Yeah. yeah. Because the others remaining is uh, Missouri. Liberty, by the way, is 66. Vanderbilt is 115. So yes, that would make. LSU, number six, I mean, number seven in the conference, yeah. I mean, I could see LSU struggling this year. I, I would like to play LSU probably early rather than late because they've got so much to reload on. But I would be really surprised to see Arkansas finish sixth or seventh in the Western Division with this team. Really surprised. Okay, in the, 
in the uh, for, forget forget this this S and P and power index and all that other stuff. What do you see as the negative that the just regular posters would see towards Arkansas? Is it the defensive front? Is that is that the question? Is mm-hmm. it the rebuilt Arkansas secondary? Is it? I mean, is Burks factoring that big of a question mark? Who's going to replace? Traylon Burks. I mean, what it what is it that that uh, in your mind uh, that would cause this many question marks and and for Arkansas to be picked seventh or sixth in the West? Well, I like the schedule this year better than I did last year. Uh, I think you know you get the good home schedule this year. You don't lose the game to Texas A and M because you're the away team there. So I like the schedule better. Uh, I, I would say just looking at it. Maybe there's a, a sense of the unknown at wide receiver since you lost, uh, you know, your, you know, basically three starters. I guess you would say you might consider Warren Thompson a starter from last year's team, but basically lose three starters at wide receiver. You're starting tight end. Um, you know, from the outset, people looking at Arkansas, I think like officially there's nine returning starters off last year's team, but that didn't feel that just doesn't feel like it accurately represents Arkansas. So that's where maybe you run into some of that. Um, defensive line, I think, could be, you know, defensive interior especially could be a bit of an issue, you know, especially with, you know, there's a lot of rumors that Torian Carter's injury could be severe. Um, so that's certainly an area where you can't afford to lose players, but you still have uh, Isaiah Nichols. Maybe you look at moving Eric Gregory inside. You know, he's 300 pounds. He could possibly do it because I do think that you're in pretty good position at end. So maybe that's an area where you say, hey, let's move Gregory inside. He's certainly done it before. Um, you've also got Cam Ball coming up. You added, uh, you know, the Arkansas State kid, so um, or young man, I should say. He's a grad transfer, I think, So, or maybe he has two years left. But anyway, um, but you added Terry Hampton there, and maybe he, he's a bit of an unknown. Um, you lost some players here and there, but you also, you know, you talk about a retooled secondary. I mean, you still got Miles Slusher, Simeon Blair, Jalen Catalan, who they missed really wasn't the same player after that Texas A&M game because of the shoulder and the hand and, and obviously uh, didn't finish the season. Uh, I think maybe six games into the season was his last game. So you get him back. But, you know, when you look at what, what they lost off last year, you know, in terms of guys that you think, you know, these this guy would be really difficult to replace. We had three guys drafted. You had Monteric Brown drafted fairly late, John Ridgway in the middle, and Traylon Burks first round. You know, when you compare it to, like, what other teams lost in the NFL draft out of the SEC, you know, it's it's more substantial for most other teams. Um, now, it's not easy to just go replace Ridgeway or Burks or Monteric, but, uh, you know, and you also lost two starters, uh, Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks, but you added Latavius Breening. You added Dwight McLaughlin. I mean, that's two pretty nice additions. You added Drew Sanders, you know, as good as Grant Morgan was as a college player, you know, not necessarily deemed as a guy that's going to make it in the NFL. Um, Drew Sanders, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be as good a college player or not, but uh, that's a guy with an NFL body, um, you know, and, and a guy that they're really high on. So I don't know. I just look at this team. I look at what they did in the spring, and I see a team that I think, could be better than they were last year, even with losing some key guys. Um, and a lot of that centers around the culture that they've built, the fact that they return all their coordinators, the fact that K.J. Jefferson returns, and the fact that four starters 
with multiple years of starting experience return on the offensive line. Um, I, I just think there's a lot to like about this team. But I can see from the outside just looking at it because I've done some national shows and, you know, a lot of things that people lead off with was, you know, Arkansas only returns nine starters from last year. How big of an issue is that? You know, that's a question I'll get a lot. And, I, and I'm always surprised to hear that because it doesn't, it doesn't really sound right when you think about all that they have coming back. I'm, I'm with you. And um, it does seem strange. To me, it's always been, okay, who's your quarterback? And then what's your offensive line? And then maybe what, how are you looking defensively? Well, in this mm-hmm. case, don't you check the box, the first two boxes, yep. and you've got your quarterback who's now being projected as being one of the top five quarterbacks in the entire country, and then combine that with the offensive line, which I haven't seen many, if any, rankings right now of offensive lines, much less for the SEC, um, are in the country. But I would think this offensive line, right when you think somewhere being ranked, would be in the middle of the pack of the SEC? Yeah, or better. I mean, last year going into the season, I felt like they were going to be better than half of the teams that they faced. And I think they were better than more than half the teams that they faced. I mean, and I think they got a shot to be better. I mean, like, you know, we talked about Myron Cunningham and, you know, how important it was with him coming back and everything. But he wasn't even drafted. I mean, if you read – if you read the scouting report on NFL.com about Myron Cunningham, I mean, it's almost like he has no business playing football. <laughs> the report, he's not athletic. He doesn't get off the ball fast. Like all these, you know, all these, I mean, it was like I couldn't believe how, how bad his review was because he was a solid player for Arkansas, I thought, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, you know, take what the scouts believe and, you know, how they project him at the next level, it kind of makes you think, okay, well, maybe replacing Myron Cunningham – it's something that's very doable. And they've got a guy in Takiyah Crawford that if you notice the way that's – you have to follow the way coaches talk about players and stuff because, you know, a lot of times in the spring you'll get misled a little bit by the way, you know, players are used or, you know, competition or the way coaches are talking about players. But you can kind of see the as, the as the spring went on, especially towards the end, you know, a lot of talk about – uh, excuse me, about Takiyah Crawford. I think he's going to end up starting at left tackle for him. We'll see what plays out, but I think you're going to end up seeing Takiyah Crawford start at left tackle, and he is a guy that I think potentially has pro pro future. You know, when you look at his athleticism, his his overall size, all that stuff. So maybe it's not as big a deal as as we think with replacing Cunningham. And that's not. I don't mean that as a slight to Cunningham because I thought he was a good college player. Same way with Grant Morgan. Grant Morgan is a very good college football player. Um, but there are things about them, you know, athletically, size-wise, that, you know, don't necessarily translate that well to the next level, I guess. So, same with, same with Hayden Henry. Really good college football player. Doesn't necessarily translate to the next level. Yeah. All right, Trey, we will talk to you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of HogSports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company.